1: Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live.
2: Good evening, everybody. This is Just Dave from Dallas, Texas. Welcome to another edition of Monday Night's Dallas Debt Discussion. Almost six years. June will be six years. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. But what's more amazing to me is Christmas was just last week, and it's the 26th of January already. This is the last Dallas debt discussion for the month of January already.
0: Well, Christmas was just last week. How did well, this happen? the bathing suits are in the stores already. Just deal with it. <sighs>
2: Absolutely unbelievable. I cannot get over how fast uh, time is is flying. I mean it it's just amazing to me. I, I can't keep track of it. But then I've been personally I've been extremely busy and uh uh it's just been uh, uh it's been a blur.
0: I don't did know, you? If there's
2: any other way to put it, I guess.
0: Did you manage to get? I I know you really wanted to get the bulk of the paperwork that you needed to do done on the no. weekend because you have other stuff to do during the week. Did you no. get most of it? No.
2: No. 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 I actually, I didn't get very much of it done because I was focusing on trading-related stuff for obvious reasons, and uh, uh, and that is going exceedingly well.
0: Well, but, like I said before, if you know if you need some help with that, holler. Yeah,
2: yeah. Well, I've got the stuff here. I uh, uh, my little tidbit of good news. I'll throw in before anybody else uh, gets anything. Actually, let me uh, go and do the disclaimer here first. Uh, everybody uh, should take heed of the fact that what you hear on this call surely isn't legal advice. It is simply discussion of legal issues it is discussion of uh court cases the use of the courts um how to navigate things uh discussing the consumer protection statutes but it isn't legal advice i have no clue what legal advice is nor do any of the other people that are on this call uh, unless there's some uh, uh attorneys lurking and um and we do have that we have uh, some good attorneys that that do uh work with us on things and, uh, they, I believe know what legal advice is. I sure hope so. But, uh, the bottom line is what, what you hear from us is not legal advice. Uh, when we say something and I, when I say we, it's me and the other participants on here, especially the, uh, uh, moderators, uh, from Jesse's site, uh, Terry and Jeff and John and, and myself, uh, if we say, well, you know, you, you want to do this or that in a certain situation. Please understand that what we're saying, the context that we're stating that in, is that's what we'd do if we were in a similar situation to you, uh, to where you are. Um, we are not giving legal advice. We're not telling you what to do. We're suggesting. Well, you know, if I was doing what you're doing or in your position, this is what I do. So that's the context in which it's said, but we do have a lot of fun. We talk about stupid lawyer moments sometimes, and there seems to be an abundance of those. Um, it, I just shake my head at some of the stuff that goes on. But uh, anyway, uh, the way TalkShoe works, for those of you that are new and on this call, TalkShoe is not muted when you come on this particular call. That's the way I have it set and I ask everybody to mute themselves, and the way you do that is to use star six on the keypad on your phone. If you will listen when you hit star six, you will hear on the phone, it will either say, you are muted, or you are unmuted. (coughs) And if it says, you are unmuted, then hit star six again, and it will tell you you're muted, and that's the way you should be. Uh, we want to have a quiet call. We do not want to have a lot of noise because there's hundreds and hundreds of people that listen to these archived calls. They benefit from these. They're not able to uh, attend. Some people work at night. Uh, there's various situations. But the bottom line is this call is about education. It is about helping people. It's your call, always been your call, always will be your call. I'm just the one that creates the platform and directs traffic. So, with that said, we'll go to the good news. Um my good news, I guess if you want to call it that at the moment, is that uh uh last week I uh did get some more settlement checks. I actually ended up getting three settlement checks within 3 days, which was kind of interesting because uh I wasn't expecting uh one of those and uh it came in handy. Uh, which you know, it's really nice for uh, the debt collectors to uh, to send me money, especially when there's things I want specific things I want to do with it. But uh, uh, today, I did go to the court and I filed two more small claims cases against Midland Funding. Which any of you uh, that have been listening to what's been going on knows that uh, there is an ongoing saga with Midland. Those are cases number ten and eleven against Midland, and I did have a discussion with the uh, clerks at the uh, small claims court, and everybody was very happy to process my stuff and get it to me very quickly up at small claims. In fact, when I walked in, I got a very nice smile. Uh, they're, They're always glad to see me. So here again, I've developed that relationship with them. But I did get two more cases filed, and they are off to the process server, and they should be filed by the end of the week. And uh, the others, they did, the last two, they did remove them to federal court. And I did file the uh, amended complaints in those cases today. But the more interesting thing that most people don't know about is that Midland has now moved to take my cases to the MDL again. They tried it once. It was rejected this time there was a conditional transfer order issued by the court. I had to do an opposition, and uh, I have to have my brief, memorandum and brief, done by a week from tomorrow and submitted to the MDL. And it's going to be a very interesting brief. The bad part about it is you're limited to 10 pages, including exhibits. So uh, I'm going to have to be very judicious with my writing and and doing that. But uh, even if they succeed in taking it to the MDL, uh, I'm going to keep filing cases. The in other, other
0: words, they want a brief to be really brief.
2: Yes. Yeah, they they <laughs> don't want a brief to be uh, anything but brief. All right. Um, the, uh, the other thing that's very interesting is um, I got the answers to my discovery back from Midland and we have a protective order in place, and they did nothing but boilerplate BS answers. And I guess that lawyer thinks that I'm just going to accept it. No, I'm not.
3: While I was at the, uh,
2: yeah, well, while I was at the federal court today, I did discuss with the supervisor there the exact procedure, for doing things and uh, as far as the discovery goes, and I will be calling the discovery hotline tomorrow to find out exactly how i got to go about bringing them before the court. But we have a very nice thing where uh, instead of going through all the motion to compel, the paperwork and everything, um, what you do is you call, and you get on the phone with the judge, and you try and get stuff done that way before there's a motion to compel done. In other words, they want to try and avoid the paperwork and have a judge intervene and say, okay, this is what you need to do, that's what you need to do. So uh, there's that, there's more, but I'm not going to get into uh, uh, all of those details. Uh, They've actually uh, uh, filed uh, two motions to stay the discovery in two other cases so that they don't have to answer that. Uh, They asked for a stay pending the decision from the MDL, which isn't expected until April. Very interesting. And, of course, I have to argue that. And then they're also going to be getting uh, uh, motions to strike their affirmative defenses that they put in these last things. So needless to say... I'm up to my eyeballs in litigation stuff in addition to other things I'm involved in. And, and I have, uh, for anybody that doesn't know it, I have gone back to uh, started my uh, full-time trading again that uh, I've worked on for 20 years. So that's been uh, an endeavor that I have studied for many years, and I've reached the point where I've gone back to work with that. So that puts an extra pinch on my time. So, uh a multitude of questions uh, from various people isn't conducive to me uh, uh, getting stuff done. I'm willing to help, but uh, there's going to be limitations. So if I'm slow answering an email or something, please understand that's probably why. So, anyway, that's my good news. And uh, what I'm going to do is throw the floor open to anybody else that has good news. If you have good news, all you have to do is speak up. You don't have to hit the star eight on your phone, which is the way you put yourself in the queue. Once we get done with good news, we will uh, uh, take questions and comments, and the way you put yourself in the queue is to hit star 8. So if anybody else has got any good news on anything, uh, go ahead and speak up. floor is yours. Uh,
4: this is Vincent in New Jersey. I have a little bit of good news. Let's hear it okay i survived the uh, 12b6 motion to dismiss my complaint against transunion for uh, not reporting my mortgage accounts as disputed oh, good. good uh, uh, denied and granted in part so I, I have some
2: questions to ask later okay Well, that's good. That is good. You know, any time the other side wants to just dismiss you and send you on your way, uh, you can uh, beat them on that. That's absolutely uh, in your favor. That's that's great. Okay, who else has got some good news for us?
0: I have a little good news that's good news to me.
2: Well, hey.
0: (laughs) I was very happy today. Finally, something good happens. Uh, You remember a few weeks ago, I lost an earring that was part of a set that I had bought Uh to match a jade and diamond necklace I inherited from my mother. Well, jade is extremely hard to match to begin with because it comes in so many, you know, different shades of green. And those earrings were not bought with the necklace, but I had found them and they were a perfect match. And I lost one. I was really bummed out about that. Well, today I was cleaning... And, as I was vacuuming Haley's room, thank God it didn't hit the vacuum. It slipped out from under her bed. I must have lost it when I was putting wow. clothes away in there, and just as I was pushing the vacuum forward, I saw the earring and stopped the vacuum. So I got my earring back. oh, really wow. happy,
2: Oh, yeah, well, that made your day. That's for sure It's
0: oh, it good. I really a a woman getting that. her
2: favorite earring back that she lost. Now you know that's a big deal for for the the ladies. You know for you guys that uh, uh, you know don't pay too much attention to that that's a big deal to them. <laughs> it really well
0: is. yeah because it matched that necklace I inherited from my mom and uh-huh. it's they're just and on top of that they were my favorite earrings anyway. But yeah, <laughs> I remember
2: you telling me about that and you were really bummed about losing it. Well, I was. It's good. That's good.
0: Yeah, it's looking better. Yeah, <laughs> the, there the you go.
2: Murphys,
0: hey, good I must
2: news comes. Yeah, I was going to say good news comes in in many forms, and I, you know, I mean, generally we talk about stuff related to the debt issues, but hey, good news is good news.
0: Yeah, I must. Uh, I must have chased the Murphys out of there with the vacuum cleaner. There you
2: go. There you <laughs> go. Yeah, they they hung around your place for a while. I know that. There's no doubt about yeah. that. All right. Well, who else has got some good news for us tonight? Hi, David. Yeah.
5: Hey, how are you? How's everybody tonight?
2: I'm good. How are you?
5: I'm great. Yeah, I just got a settlement check on Friday from Portfolio, so uh,
2: I'm pretty right. excited. It's my Yeah,
5: I'm having a blast now. <laughs> <laughs> Never gets old. <laughs> it is um, so
2: nice to get those checks. I have, I have
5: a yeah. question for you, Dave. I, I <laughs> every time I get one, I... I I let a, a yell out, <laughs> you know, I'll say, like a touchdown just happened or something. Uh-huh. But that's how ex- excited I feel when, uh, you know, when either I come to a settlement or it just comes uh, by FedEx or UPS knocking on my door.
2: Uh-huh. Um, yeah, oh, I know the always... feeling. I, believe Ooh, me, I, I know the know. feeling.
5: Mm-hmm.
6: Uh,
2: the, the one that uh, came last Monday uh, came FedEx, and, you know, there, it was a holiday. It was MLK Day, and we didn't have any mail. But I was expecting it because uh, the uh, uh, collection company said they were going to send it. And I, I'm sitting here at my desk in, in the living room, and all of a sudden I hear this little <laughs> whoosh, whoosh behind me, and <laughs> I look over at the door, and here's a FedEx envelope. And I go, all right, made my day.
5: Yeah. <laughs> I, I love seeing FedEx come.
2: You know, oh, I do, too.
5: They always come at the right time. It's like, oh, and here he comes at the end of the day to brighten up the rest of, you know, right. that day. Yeah, uh,
2: and, the and first thing always I, remember that FedEx never brings a bill. They bring uh, stuff that you want. <laughs>
0: right, and, and you <laughs> yeah. know, I would just ask you, is there a bad time? <laughs> no. No, <laughs> no. Well, no that's uh,
5: super. Yeah, yeah that's the very first thing I did, too, was you know, I deposited it and then I bought the uh, eighth edition for the FDCPA, uh, the NCLC book. Uh-huh. So that's, that's That's coming. That uh, that should be here next week. Good. Good. Um, I'm pretty excited about that too. Can't wait to yeah. go through it because my old one, it's a sixth. Yeah, it's a sixth edition that has bookmarks, bookmarks inside of bookmarks, and um, uh-huh. I just I, I can't wait to see what's updated and all the new case law and all that good stuff. Yeah. But, uh, those are invaluable
2: books. They really are. They, they yeah, really, I, really are. It, and, and until you lay your eyes on, for anybody that has never seen one, that's never looked at it and seen the amount of material that's in those things, when you get it, you're like, if you're really into dealing with the, the legal stuff and, you know, thinking, oh, man, you know, where can I find case law for this or that, you look at one of those books and you're like a kid in a candy store.
0: Yeah, it's like you can't thinking. leave it alone. I only have yeah, the F D C P A. I I wish I had the FCRA, but I have the FDCPA, and I mm-hmm. I dig into that really really often, guys.
5: Yep. The consumer law pleadings too. I just got 2 months ago. Boy, that's you could, I could yeah, you know, I'm on the the companion website forever just looking at a
2: bunch of stuff. Right. Uh, but
5: right. yeah, that that's my good news all
2: Hey, um, that's great! It somebody else Love that it. I'm glad to hear you got a nice check. How much was your check?
5: Yeah. Um, well, uh, I'm not at. I don't think I could say it, uh, but because I, I did mention portfolio. Oh, okay. Um, right. But let's just say it's my yeah. biggest one. Um, yeah. It was enough to months. make
2: you smile. Yes, my biggest Rather one. Rather broadly, and, I'm going to guess.
0: Yes. Yeah, I
5: couldn't take this small
2: okay. off my of face. Okay. All Thank right. You. It was painted yeah. on.
5: <laughs> it was okay. enough
0: it was enough to make this a good year, right? Yeah. 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 Oh
5: yeah. Yeah, my birthday was just
2: last
0: week too, so I'm Oh, well, timing.
5: happy
2: birthday. And and what a Thank nice you. birthday present. You never in your life thought that a deck collector would give you a birthday present, did you?
7: No, See? everybody See? Freaked out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: All right, Everybody's that's great. great. Thanks. Thank okay you. who else has got some good news
8: i give you this is uh, charles
2: oh wait a
8: second i think
2: i think i heard charles in there
8: yep. yeah this is charles from atlanta yeah uh good news i was talking to a buddy of mine's in the dallas area and i could mm-hmm. tell he was in his car so i said man i said where are you headed to he said oh he said i'm headed to a debt collector he said he um uh, owed me three thousand dollars and um You know, he said they would mail me the check. He said, and I told him, no, don't worry about it. Uh, Y'all close to me. I'll just come by and pick it up.
2: (laughs) I like that. Uh, Oh, man.
8: Save the
0: postage. Uh,
2: uh, Yeah. I should have done that with the lawyer that I got the judgment against here, and he paid me.
0: (laughs) Oh, really, Dave? Oh, yeah, yeah.
2: Uh, just getting the just getting the judgment against them and making the lawyer pay me, they, and that's the lawyer that filed two suits against me, and both of <laughs> those got dismissed. They never uh, they never even served me. But yeah, that's that's good. That's good. I like that. Yeah,
8: definitely, definitely. So this makes uh, five thousand in the last um, sixty days. Or we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see in the last seventy-five days. Oh, that's all right. Yeah, not that's bad. all right. Okay.
2: You're not starving.
8: <laughs> no, he's not starving at
2: all. Yeah, that's good. I love it.
8: Yeah, all right.
2: All right. Thanks very much. Alright, who else has got good news? I heard another voice out there. Hey, Whoa man, we got we got all sorts of people. I heard Jeff. That's right, I'll wait. Yeah. All right.
9: Oh it was me, but um it's Keisha. Uh Hi Keisha. But I Hello. I was just letting you guys know that I have some good news. Um, I have been waiting since September um, on my response for my opposition for a motion to dismiss on my FDCPA case against the law firm. And um, I just got it in the mail. And, um, you know, they were claiming qualified immunity, uh, saying that they basically didn't do anything outside of their representation for uh, the foreclosure. Well, um, Judge Terry Means up here in the Northern District disagrees. He said that um, basically I identified and made such allegations in my complaint that they were debt collectors and that, um, you know, the Supreme Court has held that law firms which regularly engage in consumer debt collection can be liable and so that I have pled um, a cause of action under the FDCPA that is it's plausible on its face. Right. Um, Heinz versus the, Jenkins. Yes. And that um the motion to dismiss was denied. So I am
0: Very good. Excited. Awesome. That's great. Good. good job. Yes.
9: So I'm just now, I'm like, okay, come on now. I'm ready, you know, I'm ready for whatever with them because, I you know, that was my biggest hurdle. I was like, oh, my God, I got to pass this motion to dismiss. Yeah. Once I can get past that, then I can... I'll be good.
2: Well, and see, it's, it's you understanding how to properly write the documents, how to plead it, is why you, you won that battle. You know, yes. the war's not over, but you won that battle.
9: Yes, yes, yes.
2: There you go. Good. Well, good job. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Jeff, you had some good news?
3: Well, I don't know that it's good news, but I finally got it. Uh, an answer from the defendant that I sued after two oh. months. It's eight pages. Uh-huh. Primarily, I have not read it because I just downloaded it maybe six or seven minutes ago.
7: Ah.
3: Uh, but mostly, it's paragraph by paragraph, defendant denies. Right.
2: Of course. Yeah, yeah one of those high tech Marvel answers where they really have to do a lot of research. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, you put them through so much, Jeff. Uh, oh, I'm just so bad.
2: <laughs> oh, that's good. That's
0: so,
3: good. At least
2: something's going on instead sure of uh, you know doing the, the limbo. Yeah. Well
3: we were wondering what was going on were, were right, right,
2: right. You were wondering in the in the deadline uh you said was, was what, today. today, wasn't it?
7: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep.
2: Yeah. Okay. So tip as is this typical, uh they waited till the last day. Of course. Right. And he so never he, he he never responded to you by phone or anything when you're in yeah. court. Uh uh-uh.
7: uh-uh.
2: yeah, okay,
3: so I'll shoot an email off to him tomorrow. Yeah. Um requesting the yeah. um twenty six on the 26th uh, yeah. F.
2: Right. Yep. Make it roll. There you go. Well right. that is good news. You got you got something happening there. All right.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So anyway I, I shot a copy off to you and uh, uh Terry.
2: Okay. All right, thank
3: you. Uh, We can add that to our library of responses.
2: Yep. All right. Did I hear another voice out there? I have. I
10: saw a couple things in the news that looked good.
2: Well, uh, we got two people. John, one of them. Yeah, John was one of them. And there was a lady that spoke up. Um, We can go first. Yeah. All right. Uh, Who is the lady? Have you got some good news for us?
11: Um, I have some good news. I. Received the answer brief to my opening brief on my uh-huh. TCPA Your, case.
2: This is on the uh, the appeal.
11: On the appeal, and I did a really good job of my appeal, and I it's my turn to respond. And I was going through all my notes and everything. And after I read his brief, I was I mean I was absolutely shocked at how poorly written it was, and several things came out to me that he included, you know, in the FDCPA, we had already settled on that. He included the FDCPA items, which are already settled. So it's like not even in my appeal. <laughs> uh, that was you, one well, thing.
2: Well, yeah. Well, uh, uh, does that qualify as a stupid lawyer moment?
11: Oh, my gosh, <laughs> it does. It was funny. And then the other part of it is my my leftover claims, are based on the tcpa which was two counts and then on um the rosenthal and he kind of did the same thing on the rosenthal where i specifically linked it to the fdcpa one of the counts under the fdcpa and he said that you know he just he went through all of them all the different counts which that's not what the count was so anyway it was after reading that over I was going to respond, and every time I went to make my notes or write what I was going to have a thought, I already included all of it. So he didn't even respond to my actual brief at all. Like he just
12: reiterated
11: very small, like on a page, less than a page, about the TCPA and how um, he was acting on behalf of a creditor, alleged creditor. And, of course, none of that was even proven or even... You and know, it doesn't yeah. have anything to do
0: with the TCPA. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and, and here,
11: and here, well, here, here again.
2: If you're, if you're an appeal, it's about an error of the court. No, it's, it's got a, nothing. Yeah. It's yeah. got nothing to do with arguing the case, the merits of the that's case.
11: Much, that's exactly what he didn't. He only made one mention. and The one mention was that the judge, you know, granted it. Um, fairly and everything is good that, that's all he said about the court <laughs> everything else was about arguing and just stating the same thing that's already been rehashed was you know what i mean not what i just said i mean i wrote that i just thought i don't even have a response because i've already put everything out in the opening brief
0: well so. it, it, it sometimes what they do on the other side because that's happened to me too it's so ludicrous and ridiculous yeah. There really is no response. It's like, well, okay, I could send you a trainload of cheese, but other than <laughs> that, I don't know what to say. I, I sat
11: on it for hours, like, I want to write something so bad. and I got done, I was like, I have nothing to say. <laughs> well,
2: but see, you know, this. this is a testament to how far we have come in learning oh,
7: yeah. that we
2: can sit down and we can read a brief from an attorney who spent all that money to go to law school and charged his client an arm and a leg to do this yeah. brief, and they had no clue what they were doing. They didn't even understand what the appeal that, is right? about. Well, yeah. and they don't understand when, what a, the issues are in an appeal. He's well, going you know to what? argue the case versus what the judge did wrong
11: what's funny is when they make all these statements, like, it's, you know, apparent, all the evidence on the, on the record. I'm like, there is no evidence on the record. Like, everything they're stating is comical because they have nothing. They never did. And all their statements are as if all the evidence proves that, you know, she had no, or we had the right to call, and it was just, I couldn't even believe it. It was just, and you think this billion-dollar company, which you know who I'm talking about, <laughs> yeah. would be able to hire somebody better? And this is what I get. It It was just shocking to me, but it made me feel good knowing, you know what? I covered myself well, and I fully expect that to come back down in my what, favor. What,
0: where? Which state are you in? She's in California. California,
2: but this is regarding a company in Texas, right?
11: Uh, no, this one was the FFAM, or I mean, uh,
2: oh, okay.
11: At, you know, Janista.
2: Oh, okay, yeah, down in Atlanta. Mm-hmm.
11: And I and I burned her affidavit bad because she refused to show up to two yeah. mandatory hearings. So. Right. Yeah. That was interesting, but anyway, so that was one good news, and the other thing that I just found out was um, my Wamu case. Um, I'm waiting for their brief. To, and they kept filing extensions, and then now they just transferred it to another in-house attorney. So I guess I'm on attorney number three because attorney number two can't figure it out. So um, that was good news. And that was with the Chase case, and the Chase now I just found out sold off or transferred to SLS everything because I was getting a suit ready prepared for them, and I think they looked now and realized that they didn't want to deal with me, so they sold it off. Uh-huh. So oh, here we go again. <laughs> there you <laughs> okay. go. Yeah, the Round further two. Line goes, the more diluted, so Yeah. Well that's great.
2: That's good. That's that's good to hear. And it's here again, this is a testament to your study and learning. Um here's here is a pro se litigant that knows far more about an appeal than a lawyer. Now, how stupid of a lawyer moment is that?
11: It Pretty really makes you proud. Like, geez, I can't believe this. When you should read be proud, theirs, And then you read theirs, going, "This yeah. is the garbage." And they probably got paid ten thousand dollars for it.
2: Exactly. That's well, what I'm saying. The fact that's... that they spend all the money going to school, they get paid big money, and it was, you know, I guess a a one word explanation is
0: joke. Mm-hmm. And what is it? And how does it feel to outlawyer the lawyers?
11: yeah that's i'm telling you just like when i went to my hearing you know and i knew more than the other attorney did where she's like uh we don't have the papers and it was just like you just almost want to laugh and go, are you kidding yeah. like what is this i mean it's like a monopoly like you know everything is just such a fake it's not Wait, even see real. they're just yeah
2: they're not used to this from pro se's they think that they're just going to bs because if if there was a lawyer, the, the lawyer on your side would play ball with the lawyer on the other side, and you'd be the yeah. loser. Right, right. That's the way they wow. operate.
0: But not always. There are some well, good things Well, there's a few, there
2: but the majority is going to be that the lawyers are going to play ball with each other, and you're going to end up getting screwed. Now, there are exceptions to that, and we've got some that we work with. But, you know, people want to understand that the, the scenario that I just mentioned there is commonplace,
0: and the lawyers that we work with would agree with what you do, oh yeah, that. oh
2: yes, they definitely do, so anyway, well, thank you for your good news. That's fantastic. I love it,
0: yep,
2: all right now, John, you had something.
10: Well, I just had, it's not for me, but there was a couple of things out there that I thought were good. But for the last caller, if she reads that really closely, like Larry would do, and see if they've alleged something <laughs> about a debt or something like that, you might just want to send that lawyer a debt validation, debt
2: validation letter, letter. Oh, Yeah, because oh, you, yeah, know, you again, can get him
10: with, serve him with a federal lawsuit, <laughs> just for chuckles. Um Okay, the first thing I saw that's interesting is there's some legislation that's been put, a bill that's been put up in the House um, to make student loans dischargeable under bankruptcy because we've had a lot of people calling about student loans. And that would be awesome because people have higher educations and no prospects of jobs to pay for them.
2: Right. And Bill Clinton is the one that caused that to be non-dischargeable in bankruptcy. He is the one that did that
0: our favorite liberal.
2: Exactly. And then
10: another thing that's interesting, most you've probably seen, Auckland had trouble in California where California was about to shut them down and they had to pony up a, a large sum of money just to buy themselves a little bit of time before they have to turn into discovery to the state they need to. But on another angle, a bunch of their investors have gotten together and sued them saying that they didn't, act properly as servicers and didn't do this and didn't do that. And Aquin shot back at them and said about their letter complaining, your letter obscures the ultimate objectives of investor clients to stop servicers from modifying loans and force them to foreclose on and evict as many struggling homeowners as quickly as possible. So you've got, with the homeowners out of the equation where they've been foreclosed on already, now the, the the investors are starting to pick on the services, and the services are starting to pick on the investors, and that's a good thing.
2: Yeah, yep. that's and you the might sharks say, eating the sharks.
0: Yeah, they're the the in a bag.
10: And then in Florida, um, Armando Ramirez, who's the clerk of the court of Osceola County, you know, right there by Disney World, mm-hmm. um, came out with the announcement that he he's finished what they conducted, which was the first investigation that not only investigated the, uh, the clerk's records of recordings of deeds, but they also did a forensic audit of the court records. So they did a forensic audit of both the court records and the land records, and the investigators came up with a 700-and-something page report, including legal opinions, and so he just announced that this week... Um, hey,
2: hang, hang on a second, John. Somebody's got kids making noise in the background. Would you please mute your phones? Somebody's got a child in the background. Would you mute your phone, please? Thank you. All right. Sorry, John.
10: So, so that's okay. No, but the he the clerk of the court announced that the first 100 victimized families related to the fraudulent foreclosure documents will be coming into the Kissimmee Police Department to sign criminals' complaints against the entities and individuals soon. Oh, and they're, having, no. and they're having a press conference. So this guy, Armando Ramirez, you know, say a prayer for him because I mean, oh, they're, yeah. going have, they're going to be after him. But to to, to, to do your investigation under the cover and then come out and say that they're going to be doing criminal complaints now. Criminal complaints. Uh huh. Wow. And it's not some law firm or some individuals, but the clerk, an officer, right? Clerk. Yeah.
0: Clerk,
10: right in there, an officer of the court. So that's huge. Yeah.
0: That, yeah, that that's is. En- that's, mag- that's magnificent. Well, oh, that's what
10: <laughs> should be happening. That's the There's kind
0: that- of
3: stuff that should be happening.
0: Does well, that include the
3: judges fit. that participated in
10: this? <coughs> you know, that's not good for the judges, but we just had elections down here not that long ago and a lot of them got turned over.
7: <laughs>
3: <laughs> so, I mean, in other words, did not get reaffirmed.
10: Exactly. And in fact in, in, in South Florida, a few judges that were elected had been in the um, foreclosure defense business. <laughs> So that's wow. good. You know, people that's that great. Have, people that's fantastic have, news. But you know, it, it really, when you think about that, you know, you've got all these young people that are tied up with debts that they got suckered into getting into with, you know, trying to get an education to get a job, yeah. predatory the, right. lending to be on the hamster wheel. You know, just a little right. higher up in a different rung in the PetSmart. Um, and then you've got all the people that have been victimized by. Awful companies like Aquin. Well, now Aquin's getting picked over by the government and their investors, and they're fighting back. And you know, once a cat fight like that starts, all the all the discovery will come out. There's no oh, yeah. way they're going to settle it. They're just oh, gonna, yeah. they're they're going to kill each other.
0: It depends on whose claws are sharpest. That's all. Right.
10: And then you've got someone like this, the clerk of the court, who's done an investigation and said, "Aha." It was all fraudulent what these companies did. If the investors made the servicers do the foreclosures when they weren't supposed to and it's fraud and these people have been victimized, criminal complaint time. In 1987, when everything collapsed and after that they had the Resolution Trust Corporation and it was mostly commercial real estate, I think it was around 1992 or so when the criminal indictment started coming down. So it's taken longer this time from from 2008 to 2015 but you know what comes around goes around.
2: Yeah, I I know a bunch about the RTC because believe it or not, I had purchased a home on contract when I lived up in the Midwest. I bought directly from the builder on contract. And with the savings and loan fiasco going and doing what it was they were, they would close up a savings and loan and then they would sell the loans off in a portfolio somebody else would buy them you you probably find this almost unbelievable cuz i did my loan was owned by the RTC five different times it would be sold and who they sold it to would go bust, they'd get it back, they'd sell it again, they would go bust five times. I five different times I made payments to the RTC.
10: Well, you know property. it 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 it's not hard to believe then, but that's a better situation than now where some people, you know, are getting foreclosed on. By two different entities at the same time. Right. Or the people that bought a foreclosed home only to find out that it was an improper party that foreclosed and you've got someone else ponying up to the table saying, Hey, there's money owed from this previous debt. And
2: yeah. Oh, and the land records in this country are, are in shambles. Yep. Because of MERS and all the stuff that's gone on.
10: MERS and all that stuff that's gone on, but at least here's someone that's trying to clean. You know, and other, other county clerks have, have gone and made efforts, but they haven't done both the court records and the land records. So
2: mm-hmm.
10: progress is being made. Yeah. And that's a good
2: thing. Well, as I've said so many times, the wheels of justice turn slowly. Do. and there's a good example of it.
10: They do. Yep. And you're going to have fun in the end. Yeah. No problem. Oh,
2: that's good news uh if they can get that passed on the student loan stuff. But yeah, well Slick Willie was the one that got it uh, put in so uh people couldn't discharge their their stuff in bankruptcy. That's nonsense. Mm-hmm. But uh you know, that was a brother-in-law uh deal that he made with somebody, obviously. Mhm. But the the uh the families uh, congressional people and their families could get rid of theirs. But well, not the yes. general public. Right. Right.
10: They're they're above the law.
2: Exactly. Right. <laughs> and they flaunt that all the time. All right, anybody else got any good news? All right, nobody else is popping up with any good news. Well, then Yeah, if any... I
1: do. Can you okay. hear me?
2: Yeah, Christine. how come you're so slow, Christine?
1: I was just waiting for everybody else to get theirs all out. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, my total this year will be 6500
7: Oh, very good.
1: As soon as I get this one settlement signed and sent in, which I have a question I need to ask you guys in Q&A later. <clears throat> and tomorrow I have a Discovery Dispute Conference um, Ooh, like I'm <laughs> going
2: to have. Ah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It, and it's going to be good because this magistrate, she put an order out at the very beginning of this case. And this is my default to defendants, defendants, which, which, by the way, are still in default. They will not let them come in. Because in the last phone conference with the judge, um, the attorney had asked, he says, you know, we're we still have this default hanging over us. And, you know, this is backwards. We're doing discovery. And he's going on and on and on. And the judge says, all right, I'll look at it. And he says, I'll give you a ruling in a couple of days. This is the beginning of January. I think it was like the sixth or the fifth. He said that. So I I right away let the judge know of, you know, my objections to letting them in and everything else, and he asked me why, and I explained to him because I had it right in front of me, and he says, okay, he says, I'll take that into consideration. So anyways, the court calls me last Wednesday. And the judge's uh, secretary or legal assistant, and she says, um, the judge is setting a conference, and it's going to be next week, which is this week. And it was quick. And uh, she says, this is what the judge wants from you. This is what the judge wants from them. So I got mine in. They got theirs in. And I asked her, I says, because I didn't know if they had given, let set the default aside. And I asked her, and she says, nope. She says, they have not. And she's looking and she says, by the way, she says, I think you're going to get your evidentiary hearing you're requesting. And I said, Ooh, really? (laughs) So, uh, yeah, and I'm happy about that because, which means it it is really going to put them in a bind because the affidavit they filed with the motion to set aside the default, the girl doesn't work there anymore. Five days after she signed that affidavit, she was gone. Now, I don't know if they canned her or what happened, but I found it in Discovery. And I even told the judge that. I said, Judge, I, said, I can't depose her because I cannot find her. And he says, oh, okay. <laughs> so, anyways, oh he's not letting them in. But, anyways, this Discovery thing tomorrow, the judge put the order out that they are to give me every document that I request. And they refuse to give it to me. And it's in front of the magistrate. And she is a number one A1 Bi, you know what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he is nasty, so it's She's gonna He's gonna be lean good. on him.
7: yeah.
1: Oh, I hope so. Okay, because he sent me right after they scheduled that. He sent me an email, and then he calls me. Says, um, he says, he uh, says, did you get my email? And I, I it was a, it was a message he left because I didn't, I wasn't here. He says uh, we want to offer you settlement. Now this case, the default is worth seventy-four thousand dollars. That's what it's in there for so he I get on my email, and I looked at it before I called him back, and they want to offer me five grand <laughs> <laughs> oh my God <laughs> and he says, you know in in order for us to avoid this this discovery conference, he says instead of me showing up they 'll give you the five thousand so I called him back, and i said no i says i i, I don't accept the offer." And he said, What will you accept? I says, My default is worth is, is seventy four thousand dollars. And he says, Okay. He said, But what will you accept? I said, You didn't hear me.
2: <laughs> 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 what part of default don't you understand? <laughs> right.
1: I says, Listen, I says, You have one foot in, I says, and I think you and I both know that they're not gonna let them come in, I says I hope they don't, but it looks like they're not. And I said, it's $74,000. And he asked me again, and I'm thinking, what part of this don't you understand? And he said, what will you accept? I said, (laughs) $74,000.
0: Oh, my God. (laughs) That that qualifies as a stupid lawyer moment. Oh, man. So I I haven't heard from him since,
1: and I guess he's going to be there tomorrow, so we'll find out.
0: it, it, if you it, just if you just force somebody to say it enough times, it'll change the content, right?
7: Yeah, oh yeah,
1: because yeah, he just didn't understand it. What will you accept? And I says they have one yeah. foot in. I said it's seventy four thousand dollars. You know, what is it he doesn't understand yeah. about that? <laughs> but, he's a lawyer. but
3: it and Christine, notice he, he he asked you what will you accept? Well of course you'll accept the seventy four thousand. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. But he didn't ask you what's the least you would accept.
1: No, no. he didn't. No, he didn't, yeah. did he? So he, he, he that's he, right. He, you
3: know, he, he basically shot himself in the foot because he did not really follow up.
1: Uh-uh. Mm-hmm. No. Another dumb
3: lawyer moment.
1: Yeah, that is. I never thought about that, Jeff. That is exactly right. He didn't well, say what's the least I would accept. Yeah, I mean, would, he,
3: that's <laughs> like, you know, could you imagine somebody walking up to you and say, well, would you accept a million dollars? And would you say no?
7: <laughs>
3: if the same person said, "Well, would you accept 500000
1: thousand?"
7: Would you say
3: no? <laughs>
1: uh, Anyways, he he actually he hung up on me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You never he, hang up on somebody
7: uh, unless you do it while you're me.
3: speaking. <laughs>
1: yeah, he hung up on me because he he just couldn't get another amount out of me. I it's like what don't you understand seventy four thousand dollars and and all of a sudden well, it was the phone was dead and I thought wow okay well
2: but see you over. got you, you got you got to remember something put yourself in his place now, they I, screwed I up they screwed up model. they didn't answer how does he go to that client and say. You might be on the hook for seventy-four thousand dollars <laughs> because I just stupid. screwed up. Yeah. <laughs>
13: hey, what do
2: you think that client's going to have to say? Malpractice! Oh malpractice. my God.
1: At this point, nothing, and uh, tomorrow, you know, actually, I feel sorry for him. It's either he's going to get reamed or I'm going to get reamed, and I can't imagine why I would get reamed because I'm not the one on the other end of the stick that won't answer discovery. (laughs) You know
0: what, Christine? Uh, The uh, rear-end chewing sessions from, from a judge can be quite fun. When uh, now, it's, <laughs> when, it's, uh, when you're the one just <laughs> clamming up
1: and keeping
0: quiet and just listening and enjoying.
1: Well, that's what it was like in, in our case management conference. I mean, this magistrate just chewed him up, and all I did was sit back and cross my arms. I let her go. <laughs>
2: yeah, really. Well, what, what Why would I'm you in, want
0: to interject? Yeah, <laughs> so what I'm
2: interested to see is um, who the judge is. That's assigned this month because the uh, uh, head of the clerks today, <coughs> excuse me, told me that there's a, the judges are assigned for a month. Can you imagine if the judge that hears the dispute between me and Midland is one of the two that was involved in writing that stuff where they said maybe if the defendant would uh, quit calling the plaintiff, he'd quit filing lawsuits against <laughs> it.
7: <laughs> what do you
2: think that judge is going to have to say when he finds out that all they did was throw boilerplate BS at me <laughs> instead of tell, in, instead of uh, admitting that they called from that number? And, and all this stuff, I pinned them down. I mean, I pinned them down big time on answering the questions about how they called me, what number they called me, the physical location, where the call originated and everything else. And they said, oh, after a diligent search, we can't determine that. <laughs> what kind of answer is that? Uh, and, that's and, what
1: and, I'm getting too.
7: Yeah, that's what yeah. I'm and,
2: asking for, and asking for specific information, they say, I'm asking for a legal conclusion. I yeah. asked I, I got very blatantly. That too. Uh, yeah, well, but see, <laughs> this is this is the kind of stuff that goes on. So, anyway, I I hear what you're saying. Uh-huh. So, um, we got to keep moving here because you know we're limited to two hour call now. So we uh, we want to get to be able to get to questions. So, thanks for your, that, and uh, good luck on your conference tomorrow. I'll <laughs> I'll be in similar shoes here very shortly.
1: Yeah, they said plan on two to three hours tomorrow. And that's what they said.
2: <laughs> oh my God. Oh, you ought to have a fun time with that one. Uh, yeah. It'll be interesting to hear what you got to say, either okay. we, either Wednesday on Terry's call or uh, or next week here.
1: I'll let you know.
2: Okay, thanks. You're welcome. All right, anybody else got any good news? All right. Well, this this was interesting here. Okay, if anybody's got questions or comments tonight, star. Yes. <coughs> That's how you put yourself in the queue.
6: Red Rocks in Arizona.
2: Uh, go ahead Go ahead and raise your, your hand. I'll call on you in the order that uh, people are uh, uh, on there. Do you have good news for us or question? Questions. Okay. You got your hand up, and I'm going to yeah. mute you, which is where you're supposed to be, and we'll get to you here shortly. Thank you. All right. We're going to go to Central California. You have been unmuted. Go ahead. Hi, Dave. Good evening
5: thank uh, okay. you um, okay i i filed a lawsuit against uh fingerhead back in two thousand and thirteen I beat him in court, and this is an original creditor this isn't uh i didn't involve the f d c p a it was uh, just the f c r a and uh just what, two days ago i received a ten ninety
2: nine now, now you're talking you're, eight, you're I, talking you got a settlement.
5: Yes, and you got, got a ten
2: ninety
5: nine on that, yeah. Yes. Now, is
2: that
5: uh, something I do have to pay back on?
2: Well, I've, uh, all I can do is tell you what I've done when uh, I've gotten that. I uh, fill out a thirty nine forty nine A form and send it to the IRS regarding it.
7: Okay, telling really them
2: telling them it's it's, it's, uh, it's damages from a uh, lawsuit. Right, right, and, and you day.
0: don't – if you do that, when you fill out the 3949A, you don't file the uh, um, 1099s with your taxes no. because you're reporting them as, as improper. Uh, okay. Right. Um,
5: so, yeah, I already filled one out. I, I've heard this, this discussion over and over. I just wanted to clarify that uh, just in the subject line where you have to kind of tell them – uh, a little bit about the situation I just before. very
2: yeah all i all I stated was they uh, uh the uh, uh settle the uh, monies received were uh damages uh as a result of a lawsuit
0: that's it okay
2: good okay
5: that's all i need i just uh i'm ninety percent done with it that's all yeah. I need to put in thank thank you very yeah. much for your opinion, sure.
2: Yep, and that's all it is. I don't give any kind of legal or accounting advice, that's for sure. Yeah, no,
5: that's very simple, just one page, but uh, thank you. Yep,
2: it's very simple. You bet. Thank you. All right, let's go to northern New Jersey. I'm going to try and get you unmuted here. There we go. You're on, New Jersey. Yeah,
4: this is Vincent again with the uh, the, uh, lawsuit there um, where I would filed against uh, TransUnion and I survived the motion to dismiss. And, uh uh-huh. um, I had a question because what... I, well, I posted it actually the, earlier today on the Taking Your Money section. And... Um, so my... Their the motion was um, granted in part being the... Uh, the additional accounts for the extra months that it wasn't uh, reported as disputed and what I'm trying to figure out is um how to um how to argue how to, that uh, yeah how to argue that um I need to amend the complaint to uh cure that deficiency and um, arguing well, that's that that's
2: Terry's right up Terry's alley.
0: Okay. Jerry. Now I missed part of the question. I had to leave oh, the room for a second.
4: What, in the opinion issued by the court, they wrote up a big ten-page opinion. But in the end, they say um, plaintiff fails to allege that subsequent consumer report was generated in each of the months in question. Uh,
2: it, it, they they denied. Uh, this was a twelve B six. Uh, they granted in part, denied in part, but the uh, part they granted was saying that he didn't properly plead that uh, uh, there was violations monthly from the publishing of the reports. Is that correct, I believe? Right, yeah. Um... Yeah. So he needs okay. to amend his complaint to cure that deficiency.
0: Oh, I okay, I see what you're saying. He's being given the opportunity to amend his complaint.
2: Evidently, uh, yeah.
0: Okay. Um, well, that's a long thing to get into. Um, you need to state, basically, that a failure to investigate, which I assume you have pled S2B. Well, well,
2: I think this was the they did not place the market in dispute. Is that correct from what you said?
4: Um, well, yeah, they they did not. Um,
2: well, what what is it that you, was your cause of action? You you need to yeah. be able to specify exactly what your cause of action was. What what you said they did wrong.
4: Yeah, they they did not uh, report my account as disputed. I wrote, you know, I had written to them twice saying that I had disputed my accounts with the furniture furniture of information, and they never reversed. Uh, reported it as being disputed
0: okay how do you know that they didn't report it as being disputed
4: well I pulled my credit report mm-hmm.
0: okay you need to in in your complaint you need to make it clear that after you it it was disputed and they were informed that it was disputed Subsequent months that you checked the credit report, it had not been reported as disputed because the the credit reporting agencies, they update the information monthly. And obviously, when you pull your credit report after a dispute, there is supposed to be a a change um, in the comment line. Showing that it was indeed disputed, so you've got to make it clear to the court that it was not there when it should have been there.
4: But does that mean that I had to check my credit report on a monthly basis, then thereafter, or just say every few months?
0: Well, right. It, It when the comment line goes in, this account disputed by consumer. It doesn't, like, go in one month, come out for a couple of months, and go back in after that. It stays in there as long as that trade line stays in there once it's put in there. But it's enough to say, okay, let's say I disputed in July. I received uh, the uh, response letter from the credit reporting agency uh, on such and such a date, reporting such and whatever they reported back on on that investigation, and subsequently, I obtained the credit report uh, two months later, and the required notice of dispute in the trade line was not there and is not there to this day. Okay. You follow me? Because if you you just said in your pleading, and I'm assuming, you know, that somehow you must have, okay, I disputed it, and they didn't um, put the dispute notice or comment in there after dispute, but you don't say to the court, I know because I went and got the credit report and it isn't there.
8: Right.
0: Right. That's not enough. Mm-hmm. So, I mean It's pretty simple. You you just yeah. have to be able to show, you know, exactly what happened on what on what dates. How many times have you pulled your credit report since you made that dispute?
4: Um you know, maybe half a dozen times I'd have to go and you know look through my records.
0: Well, well, see, that's what the court wants to know. You need yeah. to say, I I obtained my credit report on such and such a date. It wasn't there. I, re- I received my credit report on such and such a date. It wasn't there. And so on and so forth. List all those dates. And right. And when you
2: do that, now, I want to clarify something specifically in what you said there, Terry. When you write it, you don't say, I pulled... Plaintiff obtained his credit report and it was not there. Plaintiff did this, defendant did that. You never speak right. in the first person. I just I want to clarify yeah. Any new people or anybody that, they, you know, you, that's not the way you write.
0: Thank you, Go Dave. Ahead. Go ahead. And, yeah. and you want to point out that subsequently, their failure to meet the requirement under the FCRA, blah, 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 um, <coughs> would result in uh, uh, a lack of that notation being provided to any entities any other entities obtaining the plaintiff's credit report for the purpose of applications for credit or other you know what i'm saying so you you need to allege that not only did they not do it, then there could be credit reports going out to other entities which are incomplete and inaccurate and harms your credit reputation. Okay. All right. Uh,
4: Just a question on the a requirement to update monthly is that um, common knowledge or stated somewhere. Um,
0: well, the courts the courts like to ignore it. Um, you can Google. I I can't even remember the name of the name of the documents, <coughs> but um, you can Google credit reporting agency uh, update requirements. Just Google that. And you'll find uh, stuff from the FTC and and from the credit reporting agencies themselves that they have published on what they do. I found it very interesting. Um, I'm I'm I was reading in a, a case. It was a case citation from a deposition. From was it Equifax? I believe it was Equifax, where an Equifax uh, officer was was being deposed in a case and or no, they were a witness in, in the trial. And the Equifax officer said that they don't put anything in the credit report that isn't received in an update each month from the furnisher. Mm -hmm. So that's out of their own mouth. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that means um, the the furnisher may not change anything. If you look on your credit report and you're looking at a trade line and there's all those little boxes with different information there, one of those little boxes says, date of last reporting. And right. sometimes you don't, you don't see that change for years. Like, for instance, in this case with Midland, on one of mine, it says, date of last reporting, 2009. Well, first of all, that absolutely is impossible since it was still there in 2011, 2012, 2013, that is obvious on its face, right? So you get to digging in, and what that really means is that was the last time that they changed anything in the information that they were reporting to the credit reporting agency. After that, each month, their automated system would simply... Um, send an update, the required update to Equifax or whomever, um, which would equal saying no change. So if there's not a change in the information in the trade line, there will not be a change in that little box. That doesn't mean that it isn't being updated. The update is no change, but that's done every month.
14: But,
0: okay. You you know, some courts now, they don't understand it because, well, judges can be lazy and they just don't want to.
2: Well, and the lawyers don't don't argue that stuff. They don't get into that.
0: Well, no. What they do is they let the court believe. Right. What the court.
2: Yeah, assume. Make assumptions. they, they,
0: They let the court assume that when when they report something to a credit reporting agency, if there's no change, then it'll just stay on there forever until the credit reporting agency kicks it off. Well, that just isn't how things work. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't just report an account once to TransUnion and then TransUnion's going to leave it parked there for seven years. And take it off. Yeah. That's gotten them in big trouble in the past. They don't do that.
2: Okay. Well, does this answer your question? we got to keep moving because we got people in the queue. Fine. that take care of you?
4: Yep. All righty.
2: Thanks very much. All right. Let's go to Ohio. I have to mute you and unmute you to get you out of the queue. There you go.
1: Okay. It's Christine. I have a Hello. kind of stupid question. <laughs> there are a couple of them. Well, the first one is, um, I forgot how to dismiss a defendant out of a case. I have six defendants. Do you file a notice of dismissal of that defendant or a motion? I can't remember.
2: A uh, motion to dismiss uh, defendant so-and-so uh, from the above styled cause of action.
1: Okay. I can probably get the rest of the wording, but I couldn't remember if a motion or notice.
2: It's real simple. Just tell the court what you want to do. You know, have you reached a settlement with them? Yeah,
1: this, yeah, okay. this one, and then plaintiff, I more coming up.
2: Yeah, yeah. plaintiff wishes, uh, uh, wishes to uh, dismiss all causes of action against Joe Blow uh, uh, as a result of reaching a settlement of uh, the issues before the court, uh, Plaintiff requests that the uh, court issue an order granting a dismissal with prejudice uh, relating to Joe Blow.
1: Okay, so I just. literally uh, I that simple.
2: To... Yeah, whatever you got to do as far as your orders go. But I mean, you know, it, it, if the court can read it and understand, oh, okay, they reached a settlement and they want to uh, settle with this defendant and drop him from the lawsuit. They're okay. more than happy to do that. I mean, you oh, don't have sure to get that. real fancy. It's not that there's some kind of magic language that'll make it happen. You know?
1: Yeah, just short little statements. Okay. Right. Yeah. Because yep. I couldn't remember if it was a motion yep. or a notice of dismissal. Yeah. Jeez, it just
2: well, it, it, well, my mind you, went you re- blank. Re- well remember if you want the court to do uh, to actually do something to take an action, you have to move the court. Okay. okay.
7: Yeah, you I have to finish. do a
2: motion. If you want the court to pay attention to something, you're just giving it information. Then you do a notice. It's not a notice to the court does not require any action on the part of the court.
1: Okay. Yeah, that wouldn't get hey. him dismissed.
2: Well, right, but I, I, that's for everybody's benefit out here. That's the difference between a notice to the court and a motion. If you want the court to actually do something, to take an action, to dismiss somebody or do this or do that, then you do it by motion. You move the court to, to do something. If it, you're simply giving the court information about something, a judicial notice or this or that, it's done strictly by a notice. That's the difference between
1: them. Yeah, because they do a notice of dismissal for a whole case. That's Rule 41, I think that's the rule. And they don't even ask the court. They just dismiss it. That's why I couldn't remember how to do it.
2: What do you mean? uh, Uh,
1: Well, uh, they did it to me in a state court, and I don't know about federal court. Oh, well,
2: okay, state court, yeah. So federal court's different. federal court's different.
1: Okay, yep. now my other question is, um, in the settlement agreement, there's some certain wording in here. Do you hear that?
2: Yeah. I'm trying okay. to figure out who it is It's making a noise. Somebody needs to mute their phone. Go ahead.
1: Hey, I didn't know if it was me or not. Um, there's some sort, certain wording here I want to read to you, and you tell me, it's it's not very long, if this should even be in this settlement agreement. <laughs> See, the release is... Um, I wanted to put in here, I had six defendants. Okay, one of them is gone, so there's only five left. And this is referring to two of them. So there will be, let's see, five, four, there'll be three left. Okay, so when they did this release, and because this is Capital One Bank, and I have also the attorney firm that represented them in the state case, okay, I brought them in too. And they want in the release to say that all their uh, attorneys, mm-hmm. representatives, agents, successors, prede- predecessors, and things like that. So I said, you know, if you want to leave that in, I said, then fine. I said, because they will not take it out. So I said, then we're going to go below that and say that this release does not release these other certain defendants. And I named them. Mm-hmm. Okay, you understand that, right?
2: Right. You're you're saying, okay, it's going to release other people, but not these specific. You're specifically going to say that this agreement does not apply to Joe Blow, Sam Smith, and Tom right. Jones. Right. Okay,
1: now, so after we name them, um, it goes on, and then they put, however – to the extent claims or alleged wrongdoing asserted against these individuals – now, these individuals are the other defendants – is based upon purported wrongdoing of Capital One Bank and Capital One Services, those claims are settled and dismissed. Does that sound like that should be there, or is that going to hurt me?
2: Read that again, please.
1: How? However, to the extent claims or alleged wrongdoing asserted against these individuals is based upon purported wrongdoing of Capital One Bank and or Capital One Services, those claims are settled and dismissed.
2: No, that, that's okay to have that in there because uh, you're, you're not blaming the lawyer for something Capital One did. You're blaming the lawyer for the lawyer's actions and what okay. they did.
1: Okay, that's remember it's thought. about it
2: your there. your bad behavior and attempting to collect the debt. Okay. I can't come after you from what some for what somebody else does, and all that's absolving the other people saying that you can't do that,
1: okay, so that's fine. Leaving that yeah, in there. Okay. i I wouldn't
2: have a problem with that in there
1: okay that's that's all I needed. thanks a lot okay
2: <laughs> alrighty, very good, okay. Let's go out to Arizona. We're going out west. Hello, Arizona.
6: Hi, this is Bad Rocks in Arizona. How are you guys
2: doing? I'm doing pretty good. How are you?
6: Good, good. Got a couple of quick questions. Um, Was suggested that I get on tonight's call because uh, I'm involved in an MDL that involves with uh, Portfolio.
7: Oh, uh,
0: aren't you lucky? -hmm. Mm-hmm. We were just speaking about uh, that one. Mm-hmm.
6: Yeah, so I know there's two different ways we can go about, uh, you know, taking care of this. One is to drop the TCPA claims, uh, which really just leaves one FDCPA uh, loss or claim at uh, USDC. The alternative would be, the, I think, the area that I'm, I think I'm interested in speaking with you about, Dave, regarding uh, getting it successfully rejected by the MDL.
2: Well... Uh... Uh, there's no way to know whether things are going to be successfully rejected by the MDL and i uh, chances are uh, you, that's probably not going to happen to be very honest with you i'm i'm going to be doing battle with them and uh, I think the only reason that I've got any kind of a possible opportunity is because I've been in litigation on these individual cases, and they've tried the shenanigans. And of course, mine is with Midland, and uh, I ha- I actually have statements from my court saying that uh, the calls aren't related. Uh, the fact that I filed them in small claims, and then they keep taking things to federal, so on and so forth. These are all things that I'm going to be doing. But your situation with portfolio is probably a little different. How many calls do, are you involved with there?
6: At least five.
2: Okay, well, at least five. Does that mean it's five, or does it mean it well, could be we've, 20?
6: we've got, we've got five uh, that we have record of. We suspect that there were others, so that we're not uh re- uh, properly documented.
2: Oh, okay. All right. All right. So you were wanting to do discovery to try and identify the others. Correct. Um, yeah, that's that's going to be uh, it's going to be hard to overcome that. In fact, uh, I I I don't see that you'd have a whole lot of luck because they they're basically carte blanche letting. Uh, letting these things go into the M.D.L. and I, uh, I've talked to two attorneys uh, that I'm dealing with that have multiple cases be, in the M.D.L. with portfolio, and they say that that thing is just—it's it, nothing is happening. It's just stagnant, dead in the water,
0: yeah.
2: which is typical. That's what they want.
0: Well, that's exactly—they just what want to bury after.
2: everything, right? that's yeah. exactly. They're accomplishing their goal. And that's one of the things that I'm going to be bringing up. And, in fact, uh, the uh, pleading from Midland in my case is talking about how there's so many, there's 123 additional call, uh, uh, cases brought into it. Well, I'm going to point some things out to the court, hopefully, that's going to make the court think a little bit about what's going on and the fact that my local court said they didn't have a problem with what I was doing. But yours... Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I don't even have a suggestion on how you might argue that there, because uh, the court, from what I understand, this seems to be pretty permissive. And if you could identify all your calls, then you could, you know, try and use the uh, the tactic that uh, that I have, the litigation strategy with going with small claims one at a time. But then, generally in small claims, you are not allowed to do uh, discovery. To uh, try and you know some places allow it, some don't. Uh, you know you wouldn't be able to try and identify additional calls, so you're kind of in a the catch twenty two there, unfortunately. Okay.
6: Uh, the second case that I uh, wanted to bring up was um, has to do with a uh, federal court. Um, my son received a phone call. Now it's. His phone was in his mother's name. He's been paying her. He's, you know, he's an adult. He's 21, and um, he's been paying her for the service, but the account's been in her name. Um, we received one call from a debt collector on a an alleged dental bill uh, or debt, and um, we didn't know anything about this. And then all of a sudden it, he gets this call from a, a D.C. and uh, a local D.C., and, um, what they, um, what they did is during the conversation, they asked him if they could have is if they, if that number was a good number to reach him out, which he indicated that it was. However, there's nothing, there's, there's nowhere. Is there any the, express consent? Yeah, that,
2: that could be construed as express consent.
6: Okay. Well, we've considered it as a means of, uh, um, maybe moving forward in this matter to just go after the, the FDCPA claim, which uh, at this time, looking at two potential uh, directions we could go. One is causing the phone to ring, one, and then the other is they failed to send a 30-day validation notice uh, within five days of the initial communication.
2: Right. Now, that so, in that itself happens. is a violation, absolutely. Yeah
6: so that we're kind of at a stalemate now with uh we're, we have, we haven't communicating that the attorney put in a motion to dismiss but then there was a order from the court uh for the meet and confer and uh so now we're having some communication and and the attorney is uh you know threatening things like well i guess you could consider it a threat by the, or, uh, uh, pointing out that <clears throat> I believe it's sixteen ninety two k which uh k three which has something about awarding attorney fees uh for oh that's know,
2: uh, that's the age old thing oh yeah, well, you filed a frivolous claim and and we're going to get uh attorney's fees mm-hmm. well, did you yeah. file a frivolous claim no no okay
5: well the uh, court's
6: giving us an opportunity or asking us to meet and confer to see whether or not I can amend my or he can amend his complaint and uh and that's kind of where it stands so we've kind of brought this up to them but uh anyway so i think we're actually making some progress the fact that we're uh conferring so
2: oh yeah uh, just the fact that you're having conversation is you know uh you you can't ever reach a settlement if you don't communicate i mean you know common sense mm-hmm. so uh it's like i uh I've always encouraged people to communicate with the other party whenever you have uh, the opportunity to do so because what am I after? I want that check. And right. how do they know that I want to check and how much I want if I'm not talking to them?
7: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, it's a, just a very simple, logical thought process. Talk right. to them. You know, and if you can't do it there, then and you got to go go into court and use a croquet mallet. Well, so be it.
7: Mm-hmm.
6: Yeah, we're we're expecting that we may have to go that route. But uh, the good news is that we are communicating, and hopefully, good. we'll get them to uh, just settle at least on the FDCPA. Good. Good. Yeah. So uh, before I go, I noticed <laughs> your amazing success. Uh, it's just when, and I re- I realize that Midland. You know, really helping the uh, checking account out there, or the whichever account you put those funds in. Um, you know, I used to have a lot of DCs contact me. Uh, you know, over or for a period of several years. Just, I don't know if my numbers got been placed on a do not call list that they're actually uh, sharing with one another or what. But I don't get the calls like I used to at all. And I just wondered if you had any suggestions on. You know how to kind of um, stir up the uh,
14: mess a little bit i and the i call. don't
2: know you know i know there's uh, uh <laughs> i know of somebody that you know got a uh, a track phone for uh mm-hmm. some uh you know extra use and they ended up getting calls on a track phone i think you know there's people out there that um you know will run up. Debts and stuff like that. And then, uh, that, you know, and they use track phones. And then, you know, when their phone starts getting blown up by the debt collectors, well, then what do they do? They just change numbers on the track phone. Well, those are, are the other, I mean, there's a lot of prepaid services like that. Track phone is just one of them. But, you know, if, if those numbers are recycled, and, you know, if you end up having to get one of those numbers, good grief, who knows what could happen.
6: Hmm. So. Really, theoretically, somebody could go down to Walmart and pick up three of those things, and next thing you know you got d c s calling on all three multiple times well
2: i don't I don't know i mean uh i the only thing I can say is if if you've got uh cell phones you if you're ever asked a question, you know well, you know it like you said, get three phones or something like that, well, why do you have three phones? See, if you don't have some kind of a plausible explanation, um, a court might be in a position where they construe that well. Well, you're just out here baiting people.
7: Mm-hmm.
2: See what I mean? Sure. So, just food for thought. You know? Yeah. But I mean, you you never know. I mean, I I know people that have gone out and uh, gotten a a phone and uh, they they were just driven nuts with getting calls for somebody else Mm
3: -hmm. i have i have
2: i had that happen uh, i happened to mention something about things at the bank one day and one of the tellers had a situation like that she said her phone was just going absolutely berserk with uh, them calling for somebody else she didn't know what to do with it she says they're just driving her nuts i said do you have any idea how much that's worth to you what do you mean (laughs) she says i just wish they could call me i said do you realize that the first call is 500 bucks, and after that it could be as much as 1500 I had no idea.
0: You know, well,
2: maybe you should start learning what we know. Mm-hmm. But, you know, those kind of people are there, but that just happened to be somebody that works in a bank, <laughs> you know.
7: Not and and actually,
2: to be honest with you, I talked to somebody in the uh, uh, small claims clerk's office, that had the same thing going on. One of the clerks. And they had no clue about, you know, I mean, they they just work as a clerk and stuff there. They don't know about the consumer protection statutes any more than somebody that's a carpenter or a, you know, newspaper delivery boy. Right.
6: So so not to deviate too much, uh, normally I don't know that we've put numbers like that or somebody would be inclined to put that number on the do not call list, but I'm really not understanding where the do not call really comes in because I've had several cases where it seems like that do not call doesn't seem to have much of significance in the uh, in the claim.
2: I don't understand what you mean.
6: So if my number is on the do not call list and I bring that into my claim, how does that benefit
2: me? Well, there's statutory damages for violation of do not call. But there's an exception for debt collectors. It's generally for telemarketers.
14: Oh, okay.
2: Now, it, however, it, it debt collectors, it, no, if, if it applied to debt collectors, all everybody in this country would have to do is put their, uh, if they owe debts, is put their number uh, on the do not call list and, and debt collectors couldn't call them. That's, you know, that's logical. Uh, logically not the case. So, if you're dealing with debt collection, Do Not Call doesn't apply. But if you're getting telemarketers, that's a whole different deal. I got a friend of mine that lives in Kansas that gets anywhere from five to fifteen telemarketing calls a day, most days. I don't know what it is. He he's a magnet for telemarketing calls. Wow, it's crazy.
6: So, just uh, just to uh, bring up a point that Jesse mentioned on a um, a response in the forum. Is that the uh, TCPA does not allow DCs to contact you more than once, or the FDCPA for that matter? There's still it, no. still, still no. going to be claims. There can still be claims against the DC for the multiple calls.
2: Well, it, it does a de- does a debt collector have express consent to call your phone? No. Thank you. Pretty simple, isn't
6: so, it? So are you saying that any call from a DC, just to clarify, are you saying a that any call from a co- DC... Well, the,
2: what does the Consumer Protection Statute, TCPA, say? The caller must have expressed consent.
6: Right, and a business relationship.
2: No. No. Express Not necessarily consent. a business relationship. Must have... Either an established business relationship or they have to have the express consent, not implied consent, express consent. Express consent means you clearly expressed to that party, yes, you may call me on my phone with an auto-dialer. Okay? Mm Mm-hmm. And how many okay. you know? How many people do that with a debt collector? I don't know if anybody that tells a debt collector, "Oh yeah, you can you can call me." No, uh-uh.
6: <laughs> my son.
2: <laughs> no, not going to happen.
6: He should have, but he did.
2: <laughs> oh no! Well, that was a big mistake on his part.
6: Yeah, well, it cost him at least five hundred bucks. I know that. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> you never ever give him permission to call your phone. Is right. this a good number to reach me? No, this is my cell phone. You can't call this number. Nope. don't ever give them consent to call a cell phone number. Right. And well, you, know, you never me. give yeah. you never give a debt collector consent to call you anyway. If you want That's to right. contact me, uh, you can you can do so through snail mail or email, not by phone.
6: That
2: includes attorneys representing DCs. Well, no, when attorneys are representing DCs, uh, generally if if I'm in litigation with them, then what am I doing? I'm maybe you're wanting to done? negotiate settlement, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. Okay. Yeah.
6: Okay, does right, that answer you your so question? Much. Yes, it does. Thank you. Uh,
2: all right, you're very welcome. Right. All right, got to keep rolling here because we're uh, less than a half hour left in the call, and we got people in the queue. So let's go to North Central Texas.
9: Hey, guys, it's Keisha. I
2: Hi. had a feeling that was you. It had your name next to that and blinking <laughs> neon. It's Keisha. Uh, I
9: just <laughs> have a question regarding um, my... Uh, I just had a motion to dismiss under rule 4m i just responded to that today so this is in the same case that i have with my fdcpa um and i just got past that motion to dismiss with the law firm um and this one is coming from the bank's attorney with the uh rule 4m
2: so what, what do you mean rule 4m what's that yeah
9: that's proper that i didn't uh affect the proper service within 120 days but um that's what it's called, Rule Four M. Um,
8: okay.
9: So, Why um, did did you? Well, actually, the the lawyer had put in a notice of appearance um, on August eighth, and we had went back and forth with a settlement offer. So actually, he was noticed of the lawsuit. So he no, was I represent. Not, he,
2: yeah, he was representing them. Yeah.
9: Yes. So no, I did not serve him because he had the complaints. We talked about settlement. So right. basically, um, today I turned in my um, response for the opposition for the motion to dismiss under Rule 4 and, um, and basically put in, you know, the information in there regarding that he did have You put notice. the facts
2: in, yeah, uh-huh, what going and, on, right.
9: And I included the emails that we had going back and forth, um, right. you know, with the settlement and then also the notice of appearance that he filed in the court. Now, my question is, um, at the time when he put in the notice of appearance, I don't think nobody's going to catch it, but I did. Um, He was only representing MERS, Wells Fargo, and Wells Fargo Bank, NA, and then Wells Fargo Home Mortgage. Now, he's representing, when he did this motion to dismiss under 4M, um, they've added Guinea May to it for him to represent them. Um, But they weren't included in the in the first one. So, uh, I was just wondering if that—I mean—is that something I need to, like, kind of be worried about? Well, what? Uh,
2: what do you mean to be worried about?
9: Yeah, like because I did not, you know, I didn't. Did
2: you sue Ginny May?
9: Yes, they're included in my lawsuit. All
2: right. But well, if if he's not, if he wasn't representing them before, then you weren't having discussions with him in relation to Jenny Mae. So they weren't served.
9: No, they weren't. But everybody I mean, but he didn't bring that up. Um but I think I mean I think I'm the only person that noticed that. Um he just included all of them as the defendant, you know, of the right. lawsuit.
2: Okay. Um, as well, one. Well in other words if he didn't bring it up then you're not going to either.
9: No, I'm not. Okay. Um I just actually thought about it. I was like, wait, I hope um, you know, that won't, but like I said, he never brought it up. So my question is this, um, since now I have this, um, you know, I'm waiting on the response for that from the judge, I still can't do my 26F until that's heard, correct? The
2: the response to the judge uh, the from, from the judge? Order, on, for the on order the...
9: for the rule 4M. Because I just, I was waiting. I couldn't do the 26F because we were waiting because I had a motion to dismiss from the right. attorneys with the law firm. So now I just got that one back, and he denied their motion to dismiss well, the you law
2: Well, you can go ahead and move forward with the, the 26F, at least concerning them.
9: Okay, okay, that was my question. Yep. I was like, yep. do I have to wait? And then can I, after I do that, I can just start my discovery with them, correct? Or do I have yep. to wait?
2: Okay. Yep. Unless the okay. court tells you otherwise.
9: Okay, that's what I wanted to make sure. I was like, oh, gosh, I can't keep waiting. Um. Okay, so that was that was my question on that. Um, I think I'm clear now, so I'm good.
2: Okay. All, All right. right. Very good. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. It's a sham. You're up hey. next.
14: Hey, Dave. How's it going?
2: Oh, not too bad. Actually, pretty good. Super busy. I saw oh, you call yeah. today, but I was involved with stuff. I couldn't take your call.
14: No, no problem at all.
2: Actually, okay. Um, uh,
14: to, today, uh, I have some good news. Uh, well, it's not really uh, big news, but it's some news. Um, I went to the courthouse to dismiss a case in the state court, and uh, I went to the law library, which is right across uh, from the uh, filing desk. And, um, ladies, like, um, you know, I had asked her for you know, book for Rule Twelve and, and she showed me a couple of things and then and then she was like, What are you doing? You
2: well, you're, you're kinda of muffled say, again.
14: <clears throat> um, she would ask me what, what I was doing and I said I just dismissed a T C P case and she asked me, you know, the the um librarian. Um what's a what's that? That's a telephone communication practice that and I explained to her and uh, she said that there's about five about five people usually a day go that goes into the law library and doesn't know how to defend lawsuits. So I gave them uh, the information how to contact this, you know, um, what do you call it? Um, you know, this... Um,
2: this how call to get person. on the calls and stuff, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
14: <clears throat> so that, that's that's very good. Yeah. Uh, and,
2: also, and, she, and you said in the email that she was really pleased to get that information.
14: Yes, she was. She was very, very pleased. And I, I told her that we deal with uh, debt collectors, uh, TCPA, FTCPA, and FCRA. And she was really delightful. You know, very Good. happy with that.
2: Good. A little bit of help for the people in Ellis County. They sure need it with Bob Carroll in town.
14: Yeah. Okay. Um, I got um, just a real quick question on the TCPA. When you're asking the court to award you damages, um, I put in there awarding claim a claim of statutory damages of $500 for the first call, pursuant to 47 U.S.C. b § 3b, and $1,500 per call thereafter for willfully and/or knowingly violation, pursuant to uh, 47 at 227b3b. Yeah. Good. Yep. yep. That's all I need. Yep. I got it uh, all taken care of. Yep.
13: Okay, good.
14: And uh, oh, uh, one one thing—I have uh, one. i have uh, one, um, <clears throat> actually settled. Several. Um, I'm a happy guy now. I used to be miserable. As soon as I that that was, uh...
2: <laughs> he says, I've settled some things. I'm a real happy guy now. I used to be miserable. Do you think the fact he's settling some uh, things and getting checks has something to do with that? <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> <laughs>
14: and I want to publicly thank you you taught me so much everything that I have done I've learned from you and another friend here in the Northern District of Texas and and, and it's very um, uh, thank you so much and what uh, wish I could repay you I really wish. Uh,
2: you just keep doing what you're doing that's, that's all I need It's all I need you keep doing what you're doing you fight the battles and go after them and beat them over the head take their money <laughs>
0: And pay it forward to other people in the same boat.
2: Yeah, and he does that. He's helped a bunch of people.
0: And, you know, I think I got one where I think
14: they're probably going to fight me and I already got the Discovery stuff almost done. I just got to try to set up the 26th F and slam them with Discovery. I've learned a lot from that uh, webinar. That webinar on Jesse's website is just top of the line.
2: On Discovery? Yes. Yeah, those are the ones that John did. He did an excellent job on that.
14: Yeah, absolutely. Yep. I mean, there's a lot of stuff. Not only that, but stuff that I've learned throughout the years. So, thank well, you sure. so much.
2: The the education is an ongoing process. It's it should never end.
14: I've been doing this since uh, I would say 2000 and when did I get that judgment? 2010.
2: I don't remember.
14: <laughs> and I've and uh. so much since then. Man, imagine what I, if 2010 was today. I, I would tear up the defendant, and if yeah. the judge would have done something, I would have appealed it.
2: Yep. All right. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate thank your comments. You. And like I said, uh, you just taking it, uh, taking them to the woodshed and doing it—that's that's what makes it all worth it.
14: Absolutely. Thank you.
2: All right. Let's go to our next caller in North Georgia. You've been unmuted. Go ahead.
8: righty. thank you. This is Charles from Atlanta.
2: Hi, Charles. How you doing? Okay.
8: Pretty good. Pretty good. Yourself?
2: I'm doing all right. I'm tired. It's uh, I've been I grinding heard. with a bunch of stuff here lately. I
8: heard about the toothpicks. Yeah, I heard about
2: the toothpicks. Yeah, picks. it's just yeah. I was I. I think I caught between thirty and forty minutes of nap time before the call tonight and uh I yeah, just am uh, so tired. Well I've been that's up since teaser. I've been up since ten minutes to five this morning, so uh,
8: That's early. It's been a long okay. day. Yeah.
2: All it's right, been a good day, I but can? it's been a long day.
8: Okay, gotcha. Good one. Okay. Right, the question I got is um uh Terry was talking a little bit about like um uh, stuff that's on the credit report. I've got a, a report that I've uh, disputed some public record information on a couple of times, and somebody advised me to um, send in a letter to uh, the clerk and get them to stamp it, which the guy didn't do it, but he was kind enough to write a letter back. I think I mentioned that to you a couple of weeks ago. He wrote a letter back saying that they don't report anything. So sent that off to the credit reporting agencies, Got uh, Equifax just sent the response back uh, a couple of days ago, and they, was, they were still saying that that item was verified. So if we send them a letter telling them how you know, show me how you verified it because the courts say that they don't report anything right. to the credit reporting agency. You know, so what would be my, my next w well, if it was you, what would be the next step that you would do? And if you and if the next step was a lawsuit, tell me what would
0: you how would you
2: I'll, I'll let Terry address that.
0: <laughs> do you understand what uh the credit reporting agencies obligation is where your private right of action is? No, I don't. Okay. Under the FCRA, both the furnisher and the credit reporting agency have a very high requirement to investigate when you make a dispute. Then they are required, if they can't verify, they've got to take it off. Well, you went the extra mile and you got the court to say, we didn't report it. We don't report it, correct? Correct. All right. You asked the credit reporting agency for a description in detail of their uh, investigative process, correct? Correct. Okay. Well, then. Oops, what was What was that,
2: was that noise?
0: I don't know. (laughs) If it was a furnisher, you'd sue them under S2B. But since it's a credit reporting agency, their liability comes in under 1681 lowercase i parens lowercase a parens. IA. 1681 IA. Your uh, private right of action for that is, of course, 1681, N for willful, O oh, for negligent. I would say you have a pretty good case for willful because you have provided them the, the proof that they couldn't have investigated with, with the actual creditor in this case, which should be the furnisher. So what did they do? And they refuse to give you what they are required under the law to give you. When you ask for that, they've got to give it to you. And if you look at the letter, the response letter that you got back from the credit reporting agency each time you disputed, mm-hmm. in about the first paragraph of that letter, it actually states what they're required to give you under the law, and it states that they're required to give you a description of their investigative procedure. They just never do it, mm-hmm. right? So yeah, now, Terry, did.
2: you did you did a, the uh, webinar last Wednesday on this stuff, didn't you?
0: I did. Yep. Yeah. yeah.
2: So it's all right in there where you can go uh, listen to what she presented last Wednesday.
8: Okay. All right. I have to go back and look at it. I caught a piece of it the other day.
0: It was uh, it was called uh, CRAs and Investigation, and their investigation, I think. Remember. Yeah, I remember. I was the gentleman that
8: shot you a message to tell you that the, that the slides didn't move until the end.
0: Oh, okay. Well, listen to that again, because that's exactly the situation that you are sitting in now at this moment you have you've laid remember how i said you have to lay a good foundation because you can't build a skyscraper on sand and expect it to be there a hundred years from now you have actually laid a very good foundation and they have failed
8: okay
2: all right that answer your question
8: yeah that was one okay the next question is that i've got uh And this gentleman I was talking with today, he's um, dealing with a foreclosure in Alabama who were able to um, at least get the uh, foreclosure stopped because the sale is on Wednesday. Um, It's an attorney firm, which is a debt collector that's uh, trying to foreclose on him. Um, Now, procedurally, we need to send in uh, a QWR and a petition to the court.
2: You need to go in and hit the saving your home section. And the foreclosure bash. Oh, Start with I that did, uh, and then and then go into the other stuff. That's got all your procedures right there.
8: Okay. Well this is what I saw when I pulled up um non judicial state. It said about doing a QWR and um and a and a petition.
2: What do you mean a petition?
8: Uh, what is a petition? The petition is uh letting the court know that uh the wrong party is trying to uh, foreclose on your property.
2: Well are you saying a lawsuit?
8: Well no, this is just to just to let the court know that the wrong there's a wrong party that's attempting to I mean eventually we do. Well now wait a second. If it's lawsuit. a
2: non if it's a non judicial state, where's the court involved?
8: Okay. I'm only going by what I read on the, on the site today.
2: Well, but you got to think about mm-hmm. what's there. I think you need to go do some more studying because you're not you're not understanding the the uh, the difference between a judicial and non judicial state. Okay. In a judicial state there is a court action that is involved, and in, you know it, it's a lawsuit for foreclosure. A non-judicial state is simply where they issue a notice of uh, default, an opportunity to cure, and then if you don't uh, respond to that, then they move forward with uh, sale of the property, noticing and sale of the property. Okay. So, right. you know, you you got you to gotta separate those two so you understand what you're dealing with.
8: Okay. All right. On think the website. Is
2: in, in order there. Okay. You
8: On the, the website it says, I'm sorry, go ahead, Jeff.
3: You also need to go and search for a definition of petition.
7: Yeah.
8: Okay.
3: And then you can do that in Google. Just put in define, colon, petition. Okay. And then look for the the legal definition of petition. Yeah. Because it's okay. a petition is very similar to a complaint, but not quite the same as a complaint.
7: Mm-hmm. And
3: it is a court action.
8: Okay. All right. Now on the website it says under the nonjudicial process it says you received a notice of default or a notice of sale date. And he did get a notice of sale date from uh, from from the bank. Okay, they were trying to do a um, uh-huh. uh, a repayment. Okay, they were telling me he had a lump sum that he had to pay back. But uh, probably about uh, a week, about two weeks before that, an attorney on that same case sent him a letter saying that they were uh, going to foreclose on his property. And so in reading that, I just I just figured that this section here for nonjudicial would apply to as far as the QRW, Q, QWR as, as, and the uh, petition. Because that's what it says on the site. But I'll go back and take a look at it again to make sure.
2: Yeah, I mean, you, you, the beginning of the process is you should always send them a QWR. There's no question okay. about that. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. All right.
8: All right, guys. Appreciate you.
2: Okay. Thank you. Thanks. All right, we're going to go to Foreclose for Me. You've been unmuted. Go ahead, please.
12: Hi, this is Maggie.
2: Hi, Maggie.
12: Can you hear me? Hi. Um, I have a question. Um, I was listening earlier to someone talk to you about uh, a question, and it reminded me of this. When you get phone calls from a collection agency, but you don't know who it is. Is there somewhere you can find out who it is?
2: Google the phone number.
12: I've googled the phone number and it'll, it says it's not in order. And I've called back the phone number, and it just says it's out of uh, order at this time, or this number okay. doesn't. Okay,
2: but they're they're spoofing it. They're not. They're not. You're not seeing the actual phone number that's calling you. And oh, that's, that's, no, no, no. That's very common out there. It's like it's a illegal, but they still do it.
12: <laughs> oh, so if you're going to start any type of action against them, how can how do you know
2: who? Well, who when they when they call you, you entertain them. Say, well, you know what you know. What are you calling about? Okay, well, who is who is this? You know, who who is it? Who, what company are you with? your name's Joe, okay? And you're you're with who? See, uh, you, have, you get have them a, you get them to give you some information if they're uh spoofing their numbers.
3: I have a so, question. What's that? If you can't look up the number and you can't find the number, how
12: do you know it's a collector? Cuz it's always a to- some kind of toll-free number.
2: I don't know anybody. That doesn't mean it's a collector. No, no, that doesn't mean it's a collector.
12: Well, no, not necessarily, but you' are assuming of you need to go assume. find out
2: yeah yeah you're you're making an assumption, but have you ever answered the call?
12: Oh, I answer them a lot, but they there's just nothing at the other end, or they hang up on me without saying anything
2: oh well, that's there's all sorts of b s calls like that out there. that's nothing new to be honest with you i there's a, there there's calls like that, and I have no idea who it is or why people are calling. No idea, though. I get well,
1: other calls, too. Yeah. Yeah,
12: I even get calls that are local around here. I think those might be telemarketing calls, but if I try to call that number back or try to look it up, it says the same thing. Uh
2: huh.
7: And it
12: makes me angry when you can't figure out who is calling you or you can't reach them or find them Well, out
2: yeah, that does make people <laughs> angry. but yeah, there isn't, I don't like the, that.
12: And I didn't know if you guys knew of something to do that I would. not um,
2: Yeah, what what I was telling you there is about the, the best that uh, I, I can tell you. I mean, there's there's some of these aggravating calls out there. I get, I've had a number of them to uh, my phones, both landline and cell. Do you,
7: know if do
3: you know if your phone line is voice over IP?
12: Do I know if my phone is what?
3: Voice over IP.
12: Um, no, I don't know if it is or not.
3: Okay, is that a landline or a cell phone?
12: Uh, it usually comes in on my landline.
3: Okay. Find out if your your, your landline is a voice over IP. Uh, and if it is, there should be a phone manager where you can go out and block that number.
2: Yeah, I've got oh, AT&T okay. u and I can block numbers.
12: Oh, okay.
2: You just well, got to look at the capabilities of your system.
12: Yeah. I bet I should have that. I'm with the cable company.
2: I would think so. More than so.
12: likely.
3: That's, if you're with the cable company and your phone is with the cable company, then your voice over IP.
12: Okay,
3: then I'll
12: call them and ask them about
3: it. Very good. All right, thanks a lot. But check, you know, look up the numbers, Uh, to type in the phone number, put a comment, and put in complaints on your uh, Google search and see what you can come up with.
12: Oh, okay, I never thought of that. Right. right. All right, I'll do that. Okay. All right, thank you.
3: You're welcome.
2: Bye-bye. Sorry, Dave. Oh, no, no, it's all right. We're 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 here to help people solve problems. All right, we're going to go Next. to northern Missouri. I'll bet that's Double Wide. Double Wide, is that you out there,
13: yeah, I actually uh, had some dealings with those phone, the annoying phone calls. I found out that uh, those are Skype numbers, and uh, they're also masks. So, uh, what I found out about those is that the only way to see, to, to find out who's actually calling is to file a complaint, and then that way you can figure it out. That way, it's a long drawn-out process. Those also explained to me that usually what happens is that these people making those phone calls are fishing for phone numbers for telemarketers. That way, they, the telemarketers don't get busted for doing what they're doing. Uh, just, just a little tidbit, uh, what I've got going on, just for clarification, I was listening to the gentleman speaker earlier. And again, I have a situation DOA had the servicing rights. The account was never on time. It was never paid on time. I'll pay it until the uh, rents come in due to the fact that it's a rental. When the, when the rents come in, I pay it. So it's usually between the 1st and the 15th, but never before the 1st. That being said, that note was sold to, I'm sorry, not the note, the mortgage was sold to, service rights were sold to Green Tree. Green Tree and I never had a contract for any kind of an agreement. I had 31 phone calls from them. Uh, 26 of those never disclosed that they were trying to collect the debt or that they were debt collectors. Uh, but, from what I'm understanding, they did have the prior business from, from what Dave, what you had said, they had, they had established prior business relationship that, does that exclude them from the TCPA.
3: You're dealing with it. You're dealing with an original creditor, even though it was transferred. Right. So
13: they don't fall under, under the TCPA.
3: Well, they they can still fall under the TCPA. The problem you have is the phone number went with it. Didn't go to a debt collector. It went to a creditor.
13: Okay. Now, my cell phone that I have, the phone number I have now, was not being used. That, that number was not being used at the time the mortgage was originated. So, they never had written consent to call my cell phone. How'd
3: they get the number?
13: That I can't tell you. Uh, It was originated with Countrywide back in 2003. Yeah. You
3: need to find out how they got the number.
13: So write them a letter, say, hey, how'd you get my number, and can you send me a copy of my authorization for you to call, my express consent for you to call me on my cell phone number? Wouldn't hurt? Okay, all right. Well, I had initiated the uh, disclosure that I was intending to sue. I sent them copies of phone calls on my cell phone and they sent me a letter saying that they, they, uh, felt they had the right to call me basically summary of the letter. So, yeah. but they never, they never threw any laws or any reason in there. They just it's, 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 uh, we have decided that we do have the right to
3: contact you. Okay.
7: Um, so you yeah.
3: know, what do they base that on?
2: Okay. Yeah, we've decided we have the right, <laughs> so that yeah. makes it okay. Mm. Right.
3: And then they, I, I
13: sent them another letter challenging that, they said our decision stands. That we we uh, we feel that we have the right. So, uh, that goes
3: well, you
2: know, they
3: used the word feel. They didn't use the word "no."
2: Right, right. Yeah, and, the, the, and they didn't state that the, the law states that uh, right. we have, according to, to law, we have consent. Right,
13: so. right. And what, what they actually said was, we've reviewed the case, and we have decided that we do have the right to contact. So that's, what, that's the purpose
2: that they use. Yeah, so. well, they've, they've decided, and, you know, they can they can be uh, uh, responsible for the consequences of their decisions, right?
13: Okay. Well, I will get that letter off. Uh, I do you have a little bit of good news What happened to in the number that you originally result.
2: gave
3: out?
13: That was a landline, and that 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 landline was uh, closed back in two thousand seven. No longer being used. That was prior to the sale from Countrywide bank of america so uh
3: did bank I'm of america, not, america ever call you
13: not about that account i actually have five mortgages right now
3: Uh huh. all right so, so, so it sounds like the one or two things that may have taken place they looked up you and know, see if you had anything else that they bought from bank of america okay. uh or Bank of America on their own transferred the number yeah. or they use a skip tracer.
5: Right.
0: More than likely a skip
3: tracer. More than likely Price. a skip tracer. Yeah. Yeah. which never yeah. which never granted them consent, but sure. you know, well,
13: exactly. you can make a on prove that in account. Yeah, it's on my bank account with the bank. Bank of America. I actually have an account with them. But there again, it doesn't never ask on my application for Bank of America if they could call me on my cell phone. So, okay. uh, and, there, and there again, like I said, they, the, like Dave says or everybody here says, uh, that that doesn't transfer. Just because I give countrywide permission doesn't mean I give. Once on, once on,
2: so. yeah. It's express consent, meaning right. I told you specifically you could call me.
13: That's how I read it. Yeah, that's exactly how I read it. But then you were saying that with with uh, established business uh, relationship that, and I thought that was only for the third election Collection Practice act with, the, with the,
2: uh, well, you got to read in the TCPA because uh, yeah. there's that uh, the, the, the uh, established business relationship uh, comes into play there. But uh, still, you know, you're you're not going to find somebody that uh, you've given a, any kind of a Person collecting from you, uh, a debt collector that you gave them your express consent. And as of April of uh, thirteen, or not April, but October of thirteen, it's express written consent.
13: October first, I believe it was. Uh, a little bit of good news before we cut out of here. I did set up my Pacer account, and uh, I'm ready to. Hey, to excuse jump me into for just the, a moment.
3: Excuse me for just a moment,
13: Dave. Yes, guy yeah. Oh, the other Dave. <laughs>
3: Okay. Sorry. Please
7: proceed. I'm sorry?
3: Please proceed.
13: Please proceed. Okay. Uh, uh, I got my facer facer count set up uh, Friday, and I actually got into it today and was kind of jumping around in there, getting everything ready to rock and roll so I could learn how to use the site. So that's my little bit of good news before we, we jump off the call tonight. But, uh That's good good news for me.
3: Very good. All right.
7: uh, Thank you, sir.
13: Introduced another person to the call. My brother finally got the message. And uh, (laughs) finally, finally, well, I I talked to him. He's he's $18,000 in debt on his credit cards. So I finally said, hey, buddy, uh, it's time for you to do something about this. So he said he was going to explore his options and, and start listening to some of the phone calls and really get into it so uh he's uh-huh. been exposed well good so anyway maybe we'll be sharing that account until i get back on the speed anyway i'm going to be back out thank you all for everything you're doing and uh i'll listen to you tomorrow
2: all righty thank you
13: all right good night guys
2: you bet good night. good night okay everybody that's going to do it for dallas debt discussion tonight i'd like to thank everybody for joining us uh Thank you, Jeff, John, Terry, for your contributions as well. Uh, Tomorrow night, uh, for all of you members of Jesse's website, tune in to the uh, second installment of the trial. We're going to be doing our role-playing tomorrow night, which is going to be fun. We have fun doing that. And if you're not a member of Jesse's site, I guess I just got to ask you the question, why not? Uh, That's where you're going to uh, be able to learn the stuff that uh, brings results that we're talking about here. And uh, you can do that by uh, just going to knockoutcollectors.net, and that will get you in a position where you can start taking advantage of the information that we've got. So, with that said, I'm going to call it a wrap tonight. Thanks very much to everybody. Don't forget Terry's call on Wednesday night. And, Terry, do you have that new phone number? There is a new phone number for her call starting this Wednesday night. The old phone number is out of commission.
0: Okay, let me get right over here where I've got it. Uh, the you new don't have it, I do. It's 605 605- four seven five three two seven zero the pin is still the same which is eight 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 four six two yeah so repeat that number six zero five four seven five three two seven oh eight o'clock eastern
2: right and that is wednesday night so that's the rundown, everybody. Thanks again for uh, joining us tonight. Hopefully uh, everybody's had a uh, an enjoyable evening and learning. And we will talk to you on the call tomorrow night, Wednesday night, and then we'll be back here next Monday night for the next edition in February of Dallas Debt Discussion. Good night, everyone. Good night.